This episode of How to Save the World is sponsored by All Heart NZ, a registered charity dedicated to reducing, reusing, and redirecting corporate waste to help both the planet and Kiwi communities in need. Learn more about the amazing work they do at allheartnz.org.nz. Hey, how's it going? Bloody good. Awesome. We're into our... Another episode of How to Save the World. Yes, we are. Welcome back. Yeah, I'm Waveney and I'm here with Tim. Hello. Hey. Um, this week we thought we might talk about palm oil and with that extinction, those two kind of go together. Wow. One seems very fine and the other seems very bad. That's true, eh? But um, palm oil's kind of got a bit of a bad rep too, hasn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's one of those things, I, this was a good topic for us, I think, because I literally know nothing about it. Mm. But it's one of those things that I keep hearing on the periphery, like yeah. you've got to avoid palm oil. Yeah, yeah, it's me too. It's the orangutans. Yeah, it's always the orangutans. They always pick on the cute fluffy things. I know. Yeah. And there's so few of them left. Yeah. So we made you do all the research for this. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I, didn't, I didn't know. I was a bit like you. I, it's something, despite having been uh, quite aware of rubbish and plastic and doing a lot of thinking and acting around that, the palm oil thing has been more hidden and I haven't had, I haven't really put a lot of time and thought into it. I guess I'm probably about 10 years in, I reckon, in terms of my sustainability journey and I'm only just starting to look at ingredients on packets and think, oh, hang on a minute, this probably has um, palm oil in it. Um but anyway, I think to to think about what what's what's the big deal about palm oil. Well, could we start even more basic for my benefit? And this may be slightly too stupid a question, but what exactly is palm oil? It's it it grows on a tree, a palm tree, and it has it's the seeds, it's the nuts, or from ah. from and it, it grows in massive clusters, little red, orangey, yellowy nut seed things um, and then you just squish it and it turns into oil and it's apparently a particularly good oil in terms of its functionality because it's well for lots of reasons but one of them is that it's solid at room temperature huh which means that it can get used in things like uh, margarine or ice cream as a it sort of really helps with the texture is it an emulsifier? Is that what they're called, where it sort of brings things together, like makes them sort of stick together? There are over 300 uses, over 300 wow. uses and names for palm oils. Holy smokes. Yeah. And is, it, is part of the reason why it's so popular as well, because it can, palm trees grow quite easily, I take it? Like they kind of, that you can just make a lot of them kind of easily if you've got the land? think so the thing i picked up when i was looking into it is that they are by far the best in terms of yield and in terms of uh the amount of money that you'd have to put into it to get your profit out so it's just like a big cheap thing that we can make a lot of that's got a lot of different uses that's right yeah that's right it happens to be the the cheapest and the highest yielding and one of the best performers okay yeah now why is it bad (laughs) <laughs> why Why am I being told everywhere to avoid using it? Let's start, it has to start with extinctions. Okay. Okay. And I, this is, I have spoken about this 
publicly. In fact, recently I was speaking in, in front of an audience of about 400 people and I actually cried when, oh, I, went, went, when I went to say the statistic. But um, it is actually really heart-wrenching. It's um, Maybe if we start with what the natural rate of extinction is. Okay. Okay, so there'd be about one species every four years naturally occurring. Okay. Um, so... Like you're in your thirties, right? So how many would that be? About uh, eight, roughly. Oh, did you say one every four years? Yeah, yeah one right. every four years. So, yeah. so since you've been alive, that would be about eight things that would yeah, have gone yeah. extinct. Yeah. And the human caused rate of extinction is about two hundred to six hundred. Not sure, somewhere in there, two hundred to six hundred species per week. Holy shit. Mm. That's not good. No, it's, it's, oh yeah, it's really awful. And so to put that in, because you're like, okay, well, how many bajillions of species are there? Maybe it's not so bad, but to really put that in perspective, you were born in the eighties, right? Mm -hmm. 1987. Okay. So roughly since you've been alive, we've lost about half of all vertebrate life on earth. That is so hard to think about it is a eh? because you look around and we're seeing trees and birds and well that, i guess we kept all the stuff we like around us yeah and we don't like if you think about how many um that is so crazy it is a eh? half of all of the different kinds mm. of species mm. that were around when i was born mm. are, are now, extinct. now extinct half of them Holy smoke. So, like, with dinosaurs and stuff, when they went out, looking back, it seemed like a big kind of cataclysmic event. Sure. But actually that took a lot longer than what this is taking. This is, like, the fastest And it was an asteroid. Yeah. They think. Yeah, yeah. So We didn't get hit by anything. No. And so, actually, I guess that's a good comparison. It's like what we're doing is, is actually harder hitting. We're punching ourselves in the face mm. as a planet mm. at an mm. at a, at a asteroid level. Mm. Mm. And if we, um, I think this might have been the bit that got me last time, if we just carry on, yeah. and we are just at this point really um, not really slowing things down much at all, we will be experiencing about 60 to 70% of all life gone on Earth in the next 15 years. In 15 years. In the years. next 15 years, 60 to 70%. That's from um, WWF, those guys. It's. They, I'm like speechless. I can't. Yeah. That's so unfathomable. It's one of those things you hear about these sorts of things. You know, it's bad. I hadn't, I hadn't quite heard it in those stark mm. statistics mm. before. Mm. Because for a new species to like be created that Oof. i assume would take at least hundreds of thousands of years yeah. for new species to yeah. pop up yeah okay okay so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um getting back to the palm oil yeah so back to so the link there is that if we now talk specifically about rainforests uh-huh. that's where over half or about half of all of our biodiversity sits Rainforests right. are incredible, right? So half of all of the different yeah, species yeah, we have are found in rainforests, okay. um, and they're super important. Like even if you never visit one yourself, 
for a start, they're actually the lungs of the planet, big time. Um, so much so that you can see annually um, when they're when they're growing and they've got more leaves. There's more oxygen in the atmosphere. That's like a measurable. Yeah, yeah, it's measurable. Yeah, wow. so they're literally the lungs of the planet, and um, they're filtering our water and um, main growing and holding soil, and um, they're preventing uh, the erosion as well. And they and the they are really really under threat. I think. I was thinking about um, our forests here in New Zealand and our protected forests, the ones that are old and the ones that we love and know, and how top of mind that would be if we had a forest fire here and one of them got knocked out. Yeah. Like, we would know about that, right? Sure. We would remember that probably for decades. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so most of the world's palm oil comes from Indonesia and Malaysia, about mm -hmm. 90% of it. And in Indonesia, uh, well, it was 2016, but um, I think any any year, this I just happened to read this from 2016, satellites picked up uh, not just one forest fire burning. This is in their, um, their dense virgin rainforest, the equivalent of our national parks, but 122,000 forest fires burning. Why are they burning? So that this so that comes back to palm oil. So they're burning almost solely because of consumer demand for palm oil. So which kind of sucks because we don't even realise that we're eating it. But um, the the rainforests, uh, it takes too long to to log them or do anything with them. The quickest thing is just to burn it. So they just burn all, burn it all down. Which, first of all, I imagine that amount of fire probably throws a lot of CO2, bad, CO2 yeah, and true. bad stuff into yeah, the atmosphere yeah. just by itself. Yeah, uh, and that's where you see the images of the orangutans, um, you know, sitting in a bear paddock or whatever, bear field. Um, I've seen them that have been burned as well. Like I've seen yeah. images of... of Literally yeah. burned rankings yeah. as well. Okay, yeah. so they're burning down the native yeah. forest. Yeah, and then they're putting in um, palm oil plantations because palm oil grows in the same area, in the tropical area, and it likes the same soil as the rainforest soil, so that's where they grow best. If our demand for palm oil wasn't increasing, then they could just use the plantations that they've got. So that, that, that continual destruction is due to an increase in consumer demand. So there we have it. That's the... Do we jump straight into it this week, didn't we? Big, what I'm doing, like, in my head, off the back of these big kind of numbers and stuff, is I'm, like, projecting 20 years into the future mm. of us as the human race looking back and mm. just going, what the what hell? Yeah. Like, what the hell? It's just the same as all the other stupid shit we've done. Because it'll past. be gone. It feel, it's very. I think it's hard for. Um, this is always the, the problem with humans. It's very hard for us to kind of project into the future and imagine big things that haven't happened yet or don't affect us. Viscerally yeah, when on we're an individual when we're level. in the middle of it, eh? Really yeah. hard to pick up the to say, oh, well, this is just the same as whaling, except it's actually worse. But if but, we, yeah, in in twenty years' time, which is not a long amount of time, I can remember twenty years ago. I'm not mm. an old person, but mm. I can remember twenty years mm. ago. But to go twenty years forward of where we are now and look back mm. and go, we've lost. Half of all of 
the species that were on Earth mm. in the mm. last century mm. and, you know, completely reshape the atmosphere so we can no longer live unaided without some yeah. sort of scientific solution to it. Mm. Far out. Yeah. Far out, man. Far okay, out. so yeah. palm oil. Yeah, so palm oil, this is another big awful crazy statistic palm oil is in over half of all packaged goods in our supermarkets what the hell man there's some there's some big stats you've thrown out yeah far out i know it's um but i guess that it's understandable why there's so much or yeah it's it's understandable how we got to the point where there's so much destruction being laid Mm, because mm, it is being used in so much mm, stuff mm, mm. it's in um Oh, it's just across the board. It's in the uh, personal care items, so your soaps and detergents and um, deodorants and that sort of stuff. It's in uh, bread and biscuits. Then it's in things like lipstick as well. Um, yeah. I think it's probably safer to assume it is in something. Yeah. I did a bit of research this week and, and actually looked at ingredients on lists of things I found in our... Um, rubbish and recycling mm-hmm. and that was um that was a quite an interesting process so yeah that's when i realized that you you don't ever just see palm oil written because that's it's actually de- not surprising i suppose it's deliberately obscured yeah um and then so to actually find out if something's got palm oil in it is quite tricky but i found a um a website where you can check it out it's the palm oil investigators and uh, they've got a list of all of the um, ingredients uh, so I got into that and checked that out I also found an app but it doesn't work so well in New Zealand but perhaps some other countries oh, would be better is yeah. it sort of configured for American brands yeah exactly yeah right. so it's like I found a margarine I had that yep. it would work for but most of our products in New Zealand um, wouldn't pick up on the barcode scanner right. so a little well very tricky to work out if an item has palm oil in it yeah um so I went through that process and found out that yeah a lot of the stuff I'd bought did have or probably did have palm oil in it so in New Zealand we don't have to well in most places in the world you don't have to disclose you can say things like vegetable oil and that counts like that 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 gets you off the hook you don't have to say if you've got palm oil in it you can just call it vegetable oil. that's right yeah right yeah so is there do they is there anything more specific than that like do they have to put you know how they have artificial colors and it's got like a little number in the brackets is there anything like that yes yes there is but this is where the there's over 300 of them that come in and um just because it says vegetable oil doesn't necessarily mean that it is yeah so uh i got into well almost got into trouble thinking assuming that um Tip Top, which is our number one favourite ice cream in New Zealand, yeah. has uh, palm oil in it. I just assumed it did because I picked up the ingredients that almost certainly would point to palm oil. Mm-hmm. But then I realised that they have made a huge effort as a company to completely eliminate it. So they'll be using like a substitute instead of palm oil. They, I don't know what they're using, but it could be 
coconut oil or it blows whatever. my mind that i don't know that if it's like if you're a company that made a huge move to get palm oil out of your operations you would want to tell everyone i have it as think, a big pr i thing. think that too i i um and eco store is another one actually i spoke to them this week too and both eco store that makes sense to me because their whole kind of brand and vibe is about trying to be responsible and sustainable mm. but tip top makes ice cream and bread <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's, how did you find that out? Is there is it somewhere on their website that they're basically is that tip top? The tip top. Um, I found that out just totally coincidentally. The Auckland Zoo's got a great uh, page on palm oil, and so I was checking that out. And um, underneath, I just saw this ad for tip top, and I thought, oh no, sweethearts, they've totally you've got this big thing about palm oil, and then right underneath it, they're advertising a company that uses palm oil in their products because I just made that assumption and I thought oh this is this is awkward <laughs> um, and so then I clicked on the link and then actually it was a little video that the zoo and tip top had made together and so that's how I found out and and so it went into this whole background of how tip top had spent the last six years completely eliminating palm oil from wow. their production okay yeah. yeah well that's good yeah yeah so that was that was good. And then um, I had an interesting conversation with um, Huia Iti from, he's the research and development manager at um, EcoStore. And so EcoStore is a brand that has detergents and um, shampoos, conditioners. So it was all the cleaning sort of stuff, whether it's for your body or for the home. And uh, they've got an amazing track record that their story has come out of a very genuine um person who realized that um they were living rurally and they noticed that the the from this is back in the 80s i think that the detergent that they were using and the, their shampoos and things in their own home once it left their home and went back into the creek they noticed that the creek was more polluted and these were people who cared a lot about the environment and they were like well you know, we've got a. Surely, there's got to be a brand where we can buy um, some stuff that's that doesn't have these negative effects, kills the fish and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. so they looked into it, and back then there wasn't anything available, and so they made their own. Wow. And so that's the beginning of Eco Store. It was a really around caring about water quality and making sure that the detergents and other cleaners weren't affecting aquatic life or introducing too much nitrogen into streams and things like that. So right from the beginning, these guys have been very very um conscious and very genuine you know it's not the greenwashing (laughs) there's the thing i have such a cynical disposition that i always assume when it's a company like that like i think body shop was was like that where they have this big brand that they kind of throw it in your face of being we're we're clean and green and whatever i'm like "Eh, so now palm oil is something that is really going to catch these companies out uh, because you can have like you can set your little soap on, say, a little nest of straw, and it can look really lovely. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, but actually, what's it? The, and oh, you can say no, no testing on animals, and make the consumers feel completely vegan products, and and yet it's full of palm oil, and so actually, it's causing this mass destruction and extinction, just out of sight, out of mind. That labeling stuff, we should we should explore that maybe for a whole episode later. But it's so it's such a minefield, isn't it? It is because eh? we brief. I think we talked about in the last episode that kind of vegan, you know, materials label. 
yes so that this this product is vegan but it doesn't speak at all to the production process it doesn't the life and cycle of making that i'm i'm like flock your ears vegans i'm a little bit like i probably prefer leather over a synthetic just because of the environmental impact of uh say a synthetic belt and the environment but that's because you don't care about animals maybe but i do especially <laughs> when they're fluffy but I would try to, like, I looked for a belt, for example, for probably, I don't know, it was years and years thinking that I didn't want to just go and buy a new one. So I found one secondhand. But um, actually, I just want to go back to Eco Store too, yeah. because I left that hanging. Because did that sound like the end of the conversation with him? Because it actually isn't. It's quite, There's quite an interesting sting in the tail there let's do it this sounds like borderline a big promo for eco store but hey look if they're a great company i want to hear about it so well but no sting in the tail so like actually it's got to go there's on a this, twist yeah exactly okay. Where the, the twist is, is that uh eco store used palm oil oh no so but so then this is where the whole palm oil thing gets really really interesting in terms of as a consumer what choices should we be making so after talking with Huya and asking about their uh, palm oil stance because Malcolm Rands the guy who started EcoStore he's written a book and in it he was super transparent about their journey with palm oil Mm. and that's where I learned that um if we globally just switch our attention to a different type of oil, yeah. we will just be taking the problem with us, yeah. except the oil won't be so as efficient. Right. You know? so, so if we... To, to sort of put it another way, the, the issue is we use this type of ingredient in so many different applications. And if we were to say no more palm oil with the mission of trying to like protect these species in yeah. the rainforests... Yeah then we're going to have the exact same issue with whatever the replacement exactly, tree is. Exactly, exactly. So there's there's two types of oil, and one is a pretty straightforward one that you might use, use in margarine or something like that. Uh, but the other is a palm oil derivative, and that is when chemists get hold of it and use the molecules and cr- get it to do some quite cool, weird stuff. And that's partly why there's 300 names for it. So with EcoStore... And lots and lots of other companies, they're not buying oil, they're buying these derivatives. Right. And so they're, they're not making those particular... Well, they are bu- buying palm oil, but it's been processed in a particular way. Yes, that, that's right. But, but what I mean is that if they were just buying the oil, it would be so much easier for them to work out where it had come from. Yeah, right. But instead, they're buying all of these different ingredients with maybe just a drop here and there, and it's been so processed, Mm. um, and it might have passed through 10 hands. Um, And what they have done is actually quite remarkable. They have managed to source all of these derivatives from all over the world uh they're up to and they're they're still climbing they're still trying to do better they're now up to over 50 percent of all the palm oil they use is they know it's from a certified sustainable source be a hell of a job (laughs) tracking that supply chain yeah where your palm oil is coming from yeah and and then so i asked them about okay what about the the remaining half and um, I said, is there like certification scheme or whatever that you can, well, like a, you know, yeah, you give some money standard. or something. Yeah. yeah. And they said that they were involved in a certification um, pool where you would just give money, even though you couldn't 
source the palm oil directly. You'd give money to growers who were um, uh, growing the certified stuff, okay. even though you might lose track of it along the logistics chain, if that makes sense. They're still able to give money to the growers. Okay, so like, yeah, we can't absolutely guarantee the product being delivered is is this yeah. is like the ethical palm oil but yep. what we can guarantee is your money is going to the people who are doing That's it, it right and supporting it they're just really focusing on making sh- actually tracing their um their source directly and they're now giving money to um like a, a forest trust that works with the palm oil industry to reform it so they're that's how they're sort of dealing with it right but um no, it's not simple stuff. No, and at the end of the day, it, it requires not just shifting to a different um, product. If we we have to shift the way we think and the way we're acting, and start to look at what the the real root causes are of things. So, um, which sounds like a big ask as, as a consumer. You're you're standing in the aisle and you just you just want to be told, oh, is it okay or not? Yes. So I think that actually at some point. We will get to that um, in terms of in this episode I've been where we I, I've I've got a real sense after having looked into it what is the one thing that actually is the most effective thing we can be doing here because I think there's a lot of false starts with palm oil because yeah I'm not so sure uh, just completely boycotting it I think that would be the if that's all you're doing that would be the wrong set of incentives for the industry because mm-hmm. they're quite sensitive to uh, consumer pressure and so if we're if we suddenly get it in our head or oh, palm oil's bad but that's all we sort of know yeah. and then we go great this has got coconut oil so therefore that must be good um they will switch to that and then they'll just start big mono plantations of coconut oil or whatever the supplement gotcha. is yeah. so um the lack of diversity is part of this problem or like a maybe this the whole problem totally i think the more i think about it it's just the way we farm. This episode of How to Save the World is sponsored by All Heart NZ, the charitable trust partnering with Kiwi businesses to reduce poverty, increase education access and protect our environment. All Heart NZ provide business tools like waste auditing and waste education so companies can cut down how much they're sending to landfill. They provide tools like inventory and asset registers, project management help and even help with deconstruction services and freighting goods to get items away from landfill and into the hands of people who can use it. Learn more at allheartnz.org.nz. We've heard that pretty much we're wiping out all life on the planet Mm. to a species level like faster than Mm. the the big cataclysmic event that was responsible Mm. for taking out the dinosaurs, Mm. way faster than that. Yeah, way faster. We've currently got a supply chain where palm oil is in pretty much everything yeah. in our household products. Yeah. And as a result of the farming practices associated with palm oil, you said 120-something thousand forest fires were observed in one, one year, year from alone. space. That's right. Just yep. in Indonesia and Malaysia. Just, just in Indo, actually. Just was, in Indonesia. There wasn't even all of them, yeah. And the, these environments is where all of the species are held. We're like such a plethora of, yeah. of, of biodiversity is, is held. Yeah. So we're just like wiping that out for the sake of this one species of tree yeah. because it's helpful for us to make products. Yeah. Okay. What do we do? <laughs> and, How do we get out of this one? And, 
The other thing to add to that while we're summarising is that it's not an easy matter of switching yes. to a different type of oil, yes. like soy oil or whatever. Um, you know, that grows in rainforests too. So what do we do? I've got, I reckon I've got five tips, Great. five suggestions. Okay. The first four I think are quite problematic. So, <laughs> <laughs> so wait for the ending, everybody. Don't skip ahead. That's right. <laughs> Um, and we're kind of we've kind of talked around a few of them. The first thing is to go go on this um, rampage of avoiding it and just check the ingredients. But like I said, that means you've you've got to somehow work out. Maybe it's something you do at home with what you've already bought, and then make yeah. your choices. Create a bit of a shopping list, taking the time yeah, to go through yeah. and replacing your yeah, items. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Actually, I brought some stuff. Um, hang on. Mm-hmm. I've got, I've brought a couple of examples. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big one of getting into specific brands because... Should I not mention they, them then? Well, no, we can, but it's just that it's not that useful, I think, because brands change and it's like a, quite a specific sure. thing as opposed Folks, to Waveney a general pro, uh, rule. is holding some chippy packets, some and empty chippy packets. We've got a um, proper brand it's called proper that's the brand and then bluebird and that those two brands are well one would be your stock standard uh and the other would be a little bit higher end you know and fancy chips chips. (laughs) so uh there is palm oil in one of them and not in the other and um, yeah so palm oil is in the the stock standard uh chippies um, from what I can gather, right? The first ingredient is potato. The second ingredient is vegetable oil. But you don't know. No, you don't know. You don't know. So it's just that. Here is the intrinsic difficulty. Yeah, it's it's given out. that it's the cheapest uh, oil on yeah. the market, and that it's uh, in everything. Like statistically, we know that it for a start, you're fifty percent likely to yeah have it. So. Yeah, so that's what you could do. You could you could look at the um, ingredients and have a go at it. And what it means is that you kind of have to, like these other things in here that I don't know what it means, like there's a flavor enhancer 621 and a 635. And because I don't know what that is, yeah. I would have to look at that palm oil list and actually type that in or, or scan down the list until I found it. And Could and it not be possible to go to basically look in your cupboard and see what you've got and go, I want chips and then Google who doesn't have palm oil? Yeah, I think you could do that. And Give it a go. Yeah, especially if you're listening out. from a place that's not here yeah. where you don't have the particular brand of whatever. And we're in New Zealand, which is kind of a, a smaller country, so we don't have, like the problem that you encountered with the websites and the apps, we don't have a huge mm. population mm. Mm. here, so we probably don't have those sorts of services mm. You know, that are quite niche mm. already mm. and won't be in a smaller mm. country. Mm. Yeah, totally. So it's like... Anyway, that's option one, Yeah, is, okay. is actually doing, uh, slowing down, actually exploring, even though it's hard, the yeah. ingredients, it's possible to work out what's got palm oil and what hasn't. The second one is check for certification. Actually looking for, on the item, you can see if they've got certification on them. Okay. Which sounds great, but good luck. I don't... I and th- what does that mean? Does that guarantee that it's... Um, 
not palm oil or that oh, it's kind of it, done that, in a, that it guarantees it actually that it has palm oil in it but oh. that the <laughs> but that the palm oil is from certified sustainable plantations okay okay according to who like is that their own well there's the another there's this rspo group and they do a certification as well What's it's, RSPO? it's the round table on sustainable palm oh, oil okay. and uh they have been around the longest okay. in terms of certifying bodies okay. so and the other thing is i've never seen any product that just in the supermarket shelf that happens to have certification for I don't remember I this doesn't ring a bell at all for me no no that. so I mean I don't know how common it is and it, it she's apparently there is a lot of sustainable palm oil that is produced every year and then the poor buggers can't sell it because it well costs more? yes it yeah. costs more and again consumers are just Without realising, yeah, we're just yeah, yeah. always picking the cheapest thing. You've yeah. got two bags of chips. You're like, oh, well, that one's cheaper. That's yeah, better value. Yeah. And you, you, and that's why they can't sell it. So, um, uh, yeah, half of it manages to get sold on things and they, they would be sort of certified. And then the other half of it just gets dumped into the open market at the, the, the regular prices. Yeah. Um, the third thing is... That you could support, well, I think you should actually support your country's palm oil labelling petition. Yes, and that's that's a good one. Um, I think every country would have one. I imagine just Google it. Yeah. Um, in New Zealand, I found um, an unmask palm oil Facebook page, which you could just go and like. They did lead a really cool petition a couple of years ago, but I don't think that's like a thing anymore but you can certainly like the page and engage and if they have another action then yeah exactly then you'll be yeah yeah absolutely um i think that like it's happened in eu they now have they can't just get away with saying vegetable oil they've got to say what type of vegetable oil it is man for everyone moaning about the eu they have got some good stuff going on they've got some good like consumer protection Mm, and mm, environmental mm, regulation mm, stuff coming out mm, of that body Mm. Easy to copy, really easy to yeah, emulate. It's not. It's not we like should, you have to do big research on it. We'll just or it's just like you just do it. They did the legwork. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we should join the EU. We'll swap out for. UK. Yeah. No one would notice. <laughs> they don't know where we are. Theresa anyway. May. We'll do a swapsies. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, supporting those movements. I think there's actually quite a lot of hope there because. Like you and I, right? It's something that we'd both just come across and you yeah. hear about it and it's just emerging in our consciousness. Yeah. So I think that that's happening with everybody, well, with a lot of people. So it's a cool thing to to acknowledge that we're all thinking and feeling the same thing and just jump on and support these campaigns. So the fourth thing that you could do, which again is a good idea, but just comes with a few um, caveats, I suppose, is to look for alternatives. And this is where the tip top, model would come in they uh they've done an amazing job they've spent six they've employed someone particularly that's been his job over the last six years it's to look for alternatives and um i think that there are lots of alternatives out there um and sometimes it comes down to buying a product that might might be a little bit different but not quite so complex perhaps in the way it's made a little bit more organic or simple in its origins perhaps the perhaps the ingredient list is a lot less um so yeah i think that's a good idea 
uh, a really good idea, actually. I don't want to come across as saying, oh, don't even bother boycotting yeah. palm oil. But then I just come back to what the eco store guy said around how you have to be really careful if you're going to sort of boycott something, what are we going to replace it with? Like internationally, what's actually the end game of that? This is such a hard problem. Yeah. This, is, this is a lot hard. I can understand why this is an issue. There's is a lot more complex than I mm. have given it credit for. Mm. Mm. And the complexity isn't something I want to leave people with because yeah. I don't, I don't, that's what I struggled with is that sense of, oh man, it's also fucked up. There's so much more going on. And how can I, as a, unless you're a professional researcher, how can you navigate this? And, and then at the end of the day, the sense of feeling like you just have to choose to trust someone, choose to tr- trust the spiel. And um, it doesn't feel very um, bulletproof at all. It just feels like, there's nothing we can do and that it's this very complicated thing and that what we may do is pretty um, ineffective. Uh, However, I was thinking about all of this and I have come up with the, the last thing, I guess, that I would suggest wholeheartedly and it's super simple and it's really bulletproof, uh, but it's quite different. It requires uh, just stepping out of our well-trodden paths a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, that is eat more locally and eat more healthy and eat more unprocessed foods. I I actually think that is the only way around it. And if you... Did you you say eat more processed foods? No. Oh, Oh, did I? I don't know. I might have misheard you. I might have said eat more unprocessed Oh, thank foods. you. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> a good point of clarification. If someone's out for a run and they're casually listening yeah, to yeah. this and it's going in their subconscious, do not eat more processed foods. Eat less processed foods. Oh, now it's like a double negative. <laughs> I might just be off to Burger King. No, no, no. We've put a, a firm enough line under it, I think. Yeah. I think that so long as we're trying to not change anything else, uh, and we're just trying to say, God, palm, palm oil's the the big evil thing, and it's the only thing on the radar. I don't think we're going to be that effective in saving the world. But if we step out of that and go, you know what? I don't know about these global monocultures because that's something we could talk about another day is what what is a monoculture and what's so wrong with it this feels like the kind of intrinsic issue that underpins so many so many other things is just like the way that we're living and consuming yeah how just how we're going about the whole thing yeah Yeah. okay so yeah that's your number one this is how we save the world yes is to try and get out of the habit of like buying all of these mass-produced products because mm. it's kind of inevitable that these huge companies and corporations are going to be... I mean, it's... It's their, kind of their model. It'll always be their intrinsic uh, position will be to find the cheapest ingredients. Yeah. And often yeah. that will be at the expense mm. of mm. a lot of stuff. Mm. And in mm. this case, it seems mm. to be at the expense of... The planet. Half of all species. Are you listening? Half of all the species on Earth. Mm. And counting. Mm. So, yeah, so I think... But I like this. I like this hopeful message of going to your market on a Saturday or a Sunday morning, depending on where you live, (laughs) and loading up your reusable cloth bags 
Good one, with Tim. Local rhubarb and rhubarb. I don't know. There <laughs> always the picture that's in my a head selling is, point, isn't it? There's always rhubarb in my head at those markets. I think because it grows so you know, just it goes wild. Yeah, it goes like crazy. That's what we had growing growing up. It was just like silver beet and rhubarb in the garden. It's all we could grow. But I bet there's some people listening going, what the heck? I don't even know what rhubarb is. Okay, well, d- d- ignore me on that. You get your lovely local lettuces and your um, your local honey, you know, yep. if you're fancy yep. Yep. and all of that locally, kind of Locally, Locally bought bread. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. Is bread quite a big one, do you reckon? Bread, well, I don't like to focus in on any one particular thing because then it's so easy for people to just grasp onto that one thing and think that that's it. Yes. But... Yeah, this palm the oil. monocultures of solutions. Yeah, yeah. if you will. <laughs> Let's not have any of that. Let's go for a biodiverse cluster of solutions. So, <laughs> a cluster uh, to solve this cluster. I won't say the second bit of that. It's yeah. rude. Okay, but you know Thank what I'm you saying. Yes, I did hear what was coming here. Can't help it. Um, so it can be. Let's go through like a little continuum of easiness. So the first thing you could do. If you are really just beginning this journey and you're busy, uh, don't even bother going to the market. Just there is so much you can do, or however you normally do your shopping, if you're at the supermarket, you can make so many better decisions just there, uh, looking at food that you can recognize that what it is. So uh, an actual, you can recognize where it grew or how. So actual fruit, actual nuts, actual vegetables, actual um, meat or whatever, as opposed to processed food or mm-hmm. actual grains and seeds and legumes. So if you could just change your diet a little bit with whatever you're comfortable with, just try one thing and really start a journey. I reckon that starting that journey or making that decision is 50% of it seriously it sounds like it isn't it sounds like that would be the easy part just making one little move but yeah. it's huge because it, it just opens you up it does you've, so. you're, you've already done all of the headspace to acknowledge that you need to make some changes and so that act of just picking up one thing just for one week just to see how it goes that's massive. And so that's a great place to start, just thinking about how you could change your diet slightly in the supermarket. And then, or if that's where you're already at, then you can start venturing out or, or making a bit of an event of it, um, finding your local um, markets and that kind of stuff. And, you know, they've got the, the jazz playing or whatever they do <laughs> to make you sort of have this wonderful experience as you drift along with your cotton bags. So yeah, that that would be huge if we all shifted to. Actually, it's not even if we all shift because that can be a bit discouraging too. Even if you just shift, just one person still makes a massive difference because we all have a sphere of influence around us, and even though we might feel like we're acting in isolation, we aren't we're all knitted there's we know that there's millions of people around the world that are thinking and caring about all of the same stuff all at the same time so these little things that we do they really add up uh, to manufacturers listening making changes uh, industry responding government feeling like that it's a safe enough environment to be able to put some big legislation in and all that kind of stuff so yeah i reckon that's uh that's the winner every journey starts with one step 
Thank you. Is that how that goes? It's something like Every that. Every journey starts with a single step. Who said that? Was it Nelson Mandela? I don't know. I think it's just one of those old proverbs that people kind of grab as they need. But very applicable for this, it seems like. Yeah. But also, we're kind of running out of time. So maybe take that step like right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like right now. That's it. Uh, Waveney, I feel both terrified and inspired. Which I think is a good way to it's live. It's a good way to sit, really, isn't <laughs> it's it? It's called being yeah. a realist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but being hopeful. So Good for the adrenals. Yeah, I think so. So thank you. Um, I now understand that palm oil, it, it, it ain't boring. Mm. It is cataclysmic. Mm. And we've got to solve it. Mm. And we're going to. Let's, let's do it, everybody. Let's do it. Let's do it. We will catch you on the next episode of How to Save the World, where we will continue to terrify you. And leave you with some yes. hope on what you can do. Terrify and inspire. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if we were working for a marketing company. We'd be so good. Scare the crap out of consumers and then make them buy something to solve the problem. Yeah, yeah. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Oh, here's the solution. <laughs> Damn it. How could we monetize this? Bye, everyone. Thanks again to our sponsor, All Heart NZ, who are improving the planet and the lives of Kiwis through reducing, reusing and redirecting corporate waste. Check them out at allheartnz.org.nz.